realize the Lord said that where there's two or three gathered together in my day, I'll be there in the midst of them. Simply the mention of the name of Jesus calls the attention of the creator of the universe. No matter what your situation is, speak the name of Jesus into it. Let God work in your life. So thankful for the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. And we are so glad to have the Vaughn family with us tonight. Well, at least, at least half of them. We can't, we can't control them all. They grow up and do their own thing. We're thankful to have Brother Sister Vaughn and the younger Brother Vaughn with us tonight. We're just glad they came down to be with us in service. Brother Vaughn knows he has his liberty here, and I'm just looking forward to what God has prepared for you and I. Amen. God bless Brother Vaughn. service? He said, yes, you want to preach? That's not why I was asking. So, have to be careful. I might just have to show up. But, uh, it's great to be here with you, great saints of God. I, I think of this pulpit in this, this location of, it's just going through my mind, how many great men of God have stood here from all over the world, missionaries, elders of the gospel that helped forge this, this way for us, and young ministers, and missionaries, and just, you name it, there, there's the great men of God that have stood in this place, and I'm humbled today to stand uh, where they have stood and preach where, what they had preached. I, I think back to Many years ago, my, my pastor growing up was Brother Epphard. I guess he's probably stood here countless times and ministered and worshiped. And, uh, God's used him. And my pastor, Brother Tim Hammond, has stood in this pulpit and ministered. And uh, just such an honor to be able to be in this place. I give honor to Brother and Sister Palmer. Uh, just thank you for all you've done, Brother and Sister Palmer. They're not here. But uh, I believe they're over in glory land, maybe looking looking down on us. That's what our heart hopes. We hope that's the way it is. We imagine it that way. And I believe, believe to some degree they, they're in the presence of God. They have an awareness, even of the good that God is doing in this place still yet. I give honor to them. Brother Causey, give honor to you uh, tonight. And uh, such a great man of God is led this church for many years and we appreciate that brother jeremy sister alicia give honor to you tonight and uh, give honor to my family my wife and one of our children that came with us the rest of them was uh, doing their own thing serving god but we appreciate we have a daughter-in-law now uh, katie and if you've not met her you need to meet her because you're gonna love her because she's just lovable, she's kind and sweet, and we just um, just count her as one of us, because she is, and uh, we're just honored to have her in our family. But uh, I'm honored to be here tonight, and humbled by by this opportunity to stand in this great place. And uh, Brother Jeremy asked me just yesterday, he said, it's, it's barely 24 hours since this became a reality. And I'm like, Lord, help me. 
And uh, sat down when I got home. And I said, the Lord went went in prayer. Said, you've got to leave me because my mind's going a thousand different ways. I thought I don't need to preach this because they're good folks. And, I don't need to preach this message because you know. And I I I got the notebook out and I've got a I've got a page of messages to be preached. That's what it says. And the Lord will move on me sometime and I'll, I'll write it down. And, uh, I began to look through that. Not, not that I was looking for something uh, instant or portable, but but I feel like God can speak to you. And it can be for, for then. Sometimes it can be for another time. So I've done that. And I looked through those those messages. And the Lord stopped me on this message. So this message as it came to me originally is several years old. And uh, so I didn't I didn't get myself together and said, I'm going to Versailles to unload on these folks. No, the Lord spoke several years ago. And he knows when. So the Lord led us to this, this message for this night. Because he knows... Uh, what we need and when we need it. The book of Job, it's a familiar story. Familiar story. There's a lot of reading here. The book of Job, chapter 1 and verse 1 said, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and the man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. There were Born to him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she asses, and a very great household. So this man was the greatest of all men of the East. His sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day. Sin called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons of sin cursed God in their hearts, and thus did Job continue. Let me tell you this, amen, we, we can never stop praying for our children. Amen, we can't ever say, well, I prayed for them enough. I brought them before God enough, because you never know when a day might come along when uh, you're going to need to make sure they're covered with prayer. So the Bible said, thus did Job continually. Hallelujah. He did it continually. Verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. It seems like to me this is something they did all the time. They just they just hung out at one another's house and uh, maybe had parties and celebrated and I guess their dad was rich enough. They didn't really have to work for a living. They just partied all the time. Kind of makes you wonder uh, why Job prayed as much as he did. And offered sacrifice like he did. But there was the day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine at their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing. The asses feeding beside them and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they had slain by the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only escaped alone to tell thee. While he was just speaking, there came also another, and I, I kind of see this story right here, the, 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 while this first one's talking, there's another guy that comes running in and just pushes him aside and begins to tell his story. While he was just speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, burned up the sheep and the servants, Consumed them, and I only escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another who said the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men. They are dead. And I only have escaped alone to tell thee. Even here in just a, a few moments of time that there's been four servants that's run into the presence of Job and told him about the calamity that has happened to his household. And the Bible said that Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell upon the ground 
worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return to the, the Lord gave. And the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Amen. You know this story. It's a familiar reading to you, but friend, I've come to tell you again tonight. Amen. That Job and all they had, as blessed as he was, amen. There came a day, amen, when everything turned, amen, the other direction. Amen. Everywhere he was blessed, seemingly began to be a curse. Everything that was doing well in his life, seemingly in a moment of time, was turned the other direction. The Bible said Job arose, read his mantle, shaved his head, fell upon the ground, and worshipped. Amen. You know why he was able to do that? In the midst of trouble, in the midst of hearing that everything was gone. And because he was common for him, amen, to worship God. It was common for Job to sacrifice to God. The Bible said this to Job continually, friend. If you, you want to know how people make it when trouble comes, how they hold their head up, how they throw their hands in the air and say, Jesus, I love you. But this, this is what they always do. It's what they always do. Even what a what a great story of loss Job has suffered here. So with the help of the Lord, I want to minister to this church on this simple thought. When did God know? Well, we lift our hands tonight. Pastor, why don't you lead us in prayer tonight? Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence and your power. Turn to your neighbor and say, when did God know this? You can be seated. You know the story of Job. You know how. Got all the house full of children. They were good, good children, no doubt. They probably hadn't done too much wrong, but Job still always prayed for them. And all this happened, and it makes you wonder where God was in all this. Where was the God, the creator that Brother Brandon was talking about? Where, where was this God? Was, was he all doing something else? Was he over being busy somewhere else? Oh, no, friend. You might ask, when did God know about all this that was happening to Job? Well, let's look at verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro the earth, from walking up and down in it, and the Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? I believe to some extent God was proud of Job. I believe that to some extent God was saying, you know, I don't have to worry about that one there. I don't have to, I don't have to be, I don't have to be kept up at night if God can be kept up at night. Worried about Job. I, I can lay down at night knowing he don't do no wrong tonight. When I get up tomorrow, it's going to be the same Job as he was today. He said, if you consider my servant Job, there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and assureth or avoids evil. He just he just read, read out a list of, of Job's qualifications. He said, well, take he's perfect, he's upright, he's righteous, he's pure, he's holy, he's faithful. And he's faithful in his church attendance. He's faithful in his, his giving. He, he's just faithful in every way he can be faithful. Job's faithful. God's just proud of him. Then Satan answered, the Lord said, Did Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thou thine hand and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. That was Satan's opinion of Job. Because see, Satan is familiar with the, 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 the shallowness of humanity. He understands that, that, that we can be up one day, we can be down the next. Amen. We can be leading the parade one day, we can, we 
church somewhere with, a, with our head in our hands saying, Lord, I'm going to make it today. Amen. He understands how we are. He understands that, that, that we don't have any balance in our life. We, we, we're, either, we're either feast or family. We're either celebrating or, or we're weeping. Friend. Amen. There's no balance that can be found across humanity. Amen. So Satan said, I'll tell you what, you just you, you put your hand on his life and he'll curse you to your face because I know how people are. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he had is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And then the story that we've already read began to unfold and began to take place. And, and you might say, all that, all that happened to Job, where was God when all this was going on? Did he have his face turned from God? No, friend. Amen. God was where he always was. He was in reigning authority. But he was looking down on a man named Job. But he had total confidence in him. It didn't matter come on in his life. It didn't matter what was going to come. Amen. He knew Job would stand faithful to him. Amen. It's not about what you have. It's not what your bank accounts can't balance it. That's where you're going to serve God. But friend, it's really about what's in your heart. Amen. He knew that, he knew that no matter what coming in Job's life, Job was going to stand true to God. So when did God know what was happening to Job? Long before Job knew about it. Amen. When did he know amen, the, 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 uh, the Savings were going to fall upon amen, the, the, the servants and the oxen would be slain. The, the, the fire would come down and consume the flocks. And, and all of a sudden the, the wind would come and the building would fall in and, and take the life of all of his children. When did God know this was going to happen? Friend, he knew it long before it was going to happen. He knew it long before it would begin to take place, friend. Let me tell you something. Nothing's ever going to take you by surprise. But God didn't know about it all with it. And God not the last one to tie down. God's going to come to the world of the world. And God always knows. God always knows. In chapter 23 of Job, then answered Job and said, Even today is my complaint bitter, my stroke heavier than my groaning older. I knew where I might find him. He's talking about God. That I might come even into his seat. I would order my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. He said, I, I wish I knew where God was. If I could find him, I would take my file of everything that's going on with me and I would go in his presence and I would spread it out before him and I would plead my cause and I would say, God, I want to tell you everything that's going on with me. I want to tell you how I'm suffering. I want to tell you how everything's happened to my life. Amen. My children are gone. My flocks are gone. My buildings are gone. All I've got is just me and my wife. And I've got this sickness that's come on my body. He said, if I could just find out where God was, I would plead my cause before him. He said, will, will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. You see, they're the righteous man to speak with him. So should I be delivered before him from my judge. He said, behold, I go forward, but he's not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work. But I cannot behold him. He, he, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Job said, I'm just trying to find God. I've been on the left hand where he's working. I've been on the right hand. I can't find him. I've looked forward. I've looked behind me. I can't find God. Amen. He's always there, but I can't find him. Maybe there's a cloud today. Maybe there's a haze today. Oh, I don't know where he is. I can't find him, but I'm going to take confidence in this. Verse 10, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Come church. There might be time you can't put your hand on God. You can't find him. You can't say this is right where God is, friend. Just go back to the place that you're always in and stay faithful and know that God knows where you are. I wonder how many times God has showed up to where we're supposed to be to help us and we're not there because we're over here somewhere else trying to find hope. Some over here trying to find an answer. Some are over here trying to find peace that's going to only last for a moment. And when God gets to where we're supposed to be, we're not there, friend. Amen. Stay where you're supposed to be. If you can feel God or you can't feel it. Amen. If the Spirit of God is moving on you, we try 
miles away. Just stay faithful to God. He said, I go forward, but he's not there. Backward, I can't perceive him. On the left hand where he does work, but I can't behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Oh, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth this time. Let me go back to that part. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see. You see, that right hand is symbolic of the name of God. Oh, how many times in the scripture, in the Old Testament, you see, God already knew his name. He didn't find out his name when Mary found out. Friend, he knew his name from the beginning. It was a hidden mystery. So Job said, I went, I went to the right hand, and he said, and I can't see him. I went over to find God over on the right hand, but I can't see him. You know why? Because it wasn't time. It wasn't time for that name, Brother Brandon, to be revealed. Oh, but I'm thankful amen, that an angel came and he spoke to Mary. He said, I'm Gabriel, but stand in the presence of God. And I've come to tell you that you're going to be with a child. And it's going to be that child in you that's of the Holy Ghost. And you're going to call him Jesus. Amen. For he shall save his people from their sins. I'm glad to know that the Lord before me knew his name. God already knew his name. Job sinned not. 
Amen. We gotta be careful that when we face something in life, that we don't let sin creep in. We gotta make sure we don't begin to complain to God and say, God, how could you? God, what were you thinking? Oh, no, friend. We gotta stay faithful to God and trust God and not sin. Because the Bible said, nor charge God foolishly. I saw this a while back. And I began to think, oh my, nor charge God foolishly. You see what we want to do as Christians, because we've got it all figured out. This is our house, and this is our finances, and this is our plan, this is our situation. And when something comes along and it messes it up, we got to find somebody that's going to pay for this. Somebody hits your car, somebody's going to pay for it. Amen. Somebody does something to your house, somebody's going to pay for it. And it's the same way in every aspect of life. When something comes our way that messes up our plan, we want to find somebody. We want to tally up our receipts and say, look, it cost me this, and it cost me this, and it cost me this. And I, many times we go to God and say, God, amen, somebody needs to pay for this. Oh, but the Bible said in all this, Job said not, nor charge God foolishly. Friend, when his, when his trial was over, he didn't, he didn't bring a spreadsheet to God and say, God, you owe me something. Oh, no, friend. Amen. God, amen, was faithful to And Job was faithful to God. He did not charge God foolishly. When did God know? He knew long before it happened. He knew long before it happened. Hallelujah. Matthew says this. And I've got a bunch of scripture. I probably won't get to all of them. But the scripture says this. Matthew 6. Verse 5. And when thou prayest. He didn't say if you pray. He said when thou prayest. We need to be a praying people. Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that, that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. Listen how personal this is. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Amen. Be not ye therefore like unto, uh, but when you pray, use not vain, uh, miss my spot here, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father, your Father, your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask them. Let me tell you, church, there ain't nothing that overtakes us or shows up on our doorsteps that surprises God. Amen. We don't ever have anything that comes into our life. Amen. Well, God wasn't aware of it. And you come, and He's the last one to find out. Oh, no, friend. Amen. By the time you get to God in prayer, God already knows. God already knows. God already knows. God already knows. And then he said this in 31. Take therefore no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take Therefore, no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take the thought for the things of itself. Sufficient are the days, the evil thereof. But 33, he said, 32 said, For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Before you run out of money, God already knows you're about to run out of money. Before your health fails, God already knows your health's about to fail. Even before something comes in your life, God already knows. God already knows. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, he said this. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the, the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet under the nations. You see, our, our firstborn, we, we didn't have ultrasounds and videos and whatever they got nowadays. It was just a glorious surprise. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl, he was big or little or whatever. 
We just had to wait and find out. But God already knew. God already knew he was going to be a boy. God knew his name was going to be Samuel. Who he's going to come up loving him and fearing him and worshiping him. Be, a, be, be used mightily by him. God already knew that. God already knew that at about five or six years old, a growth would come up in his throat. And when he took him to the doctor, the doctor said, okay, right there in the appointment, okay, we just schedule surgery. we got to cut this thing out. My wife said, oh, no, 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 we're going to wait just a little bit. And we went to the house of God and got him anointed with prayer. And friend, in just no time, that thing was gone. You know what I believe would have happened? If we had let the man get a hold of that, and he probably would have banished him, or he couldn't sing, couldn't preach, couldn't proclaim the word of God. And God already knew what he needed to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know where many people miss out on their blessing? They're trying to send God a beetle. You, got, you just got to wait till this thing is over. Stop saving your receipts. Stop doing all your calculations. Just be faithful to God because, friend, in the end, there's going to be a zero balance to you because God can give it all back to you. Listen to this. So the, the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Remember how rich and wealthy he was in chapter 1? The Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels. A thousand yoke of oxen and a thousand she asses. And he had also seven sons and three daughters. And went on down in all the land where no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave him inheritance among their brethren. Friend, let me tell you, if you'll hold on and wait on God, God already knows what he's doing. The problem is that when we send God our plan of how this needs to be fixed, friend, if that worked, we would have fixed it. We wouldn't need a God. But friend, amen, don't try to lead God. Don't try to direct Him. Don't try to instruct Him. Just stay faithful. God already knows. God already knows. Jeremiah chapter 29. Now these are the words, verse 1. These are the words of the Lord. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders, which were carried away captives, and to the priests and the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king and the queen and the eunuchs and the princes of Judah and Jerusalem and the carpenters and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem by the hand of a Elashah, the son of Shaphan, and Jemariah, and the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have called to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon, build ye houses, dwell in them, Plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take your wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captives and pray to the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall you find peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you to say you neither hearken to their dreams, which ye cause to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them unto you, said the Lord. Amen. The Lord was saying here, Amen. You need to write where you are, Amen. Prove profitable, Amen. Do all you can do, so you're not diminished where you are. The 
reason I read the names of all those people and those locations because, friend, it's like this. Amen. God knows who everybody is in your life. He knows who your obstacles are. He knows who your weaknesses are and who your strengths are. Amen. God knows that. He came down through all those people and those kings and all those individuals to get down there and say, hey, amen, be profitable where you are. Don't just be diminished. Be profitable. For thus saith the Lord, verse 10, that after seven years be accomplished in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. God already knows. God already knows, church. And the thing that you're going through is not going to take you out. And it's not going to destroy you. Because God already knows how to do it. I read all 10 verses to get to verse 11, a verse we know. He said, for I know the thoughts. He said, go ahead and do everything you can right where you are. Amen. Stay fruitful. Be fruitful. Marry. Amen. Grow your family. Amen. Because verse 11 is the only way. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Say the word. Don't be peace. Not evil. To be a few. And expect it. Not all of those.
what I believe we can gather from this story. Daniel prayed on day number one, and Daniel prayed on day number two, and so forth, and so forth. I believe if Daniel number 21 came, and you can show up. Daniel's praying, oh God, help us. Oh God, help us free. The best thing we can do is just keep praying. We just keep staying faithful to God. So when God shows up, He finds you where He needs to find you. Hallelujah. He said, For He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. You see, there's times in life we face trials and we can't see the way and we might stumble along. The Bible said God's got some angels that's going to come along and bury you up in the times you don't understand and you can't see through the fog. They're going to make sure you don't dash your foot against the stone. Because God already knows. When did He know? He knew in the very beginning. Hallelujah. You see, God knew in the beginning of time where we'd be today. The struggles we'd be facing in this society, God knew it a long time ago. He knew it a long time ago. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40. I, I love this. This right here. Verse number 12. Who hath measured out the waters in the hollow of his hand? Meted out heaven with a span, comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in the balance. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him? Taught him the path of judgment and taught him the knowledge and showed him the way of the understanding. Nobody did. Friend, in the beginning, when God was creating all things. There was nobody there advising him. Right. Saying, God, here's how you ought to do this. Right. Even when God was putting the stars in the place, nobody was instructing him, saying, this is where the stars need to go. This is where the moon needs to be. This is how our oh, no friend. Even when he was doing all that, the Bible said he was standing there all by himself. Right. Even there was nobody else around him. Matter of fact, he looked back and said, There is there a God beside me. I don't find one. Amen. Is there a God over here? No, no, there's not. It lets me know. Amen. All the way back to the beginning, when God was doing this all by himself, he knew how it all needed to be. And Trinity was back there when he was speaking cows into existence and, and, and calling birds into existence. Amen. I believe the first day a cow was. A cow, maybe just started being a cow. He started moving. Nobody had to teach him how to move. God taught him how to move. Nobody had to teach the birds how to sing. They just all of a sudden became birds and they knew how to sing. You know why? Because God knew in the beginning what it needed to be. I like this thought here. And you can go by the field, you can get close to a cow, and he'll move. He'll do everything that cows do. I'm 49 years old. Cows have been doing the same thing all my life. They've been moving and everything else all their life. And you can't tell me that you had to go teach every cow how to do everything cows do. Cows just do what they do because they're cows. And I believe they've been doing the same thing they do today that cows did on day one when God spoke it into existence. What are you trying to say? Amen. God ought to make the cows move. He ought to make the birds sing and the corn grow. Amen. This is the same corn as it was in the beginning. Because God knew way back there what it all needed to be. You think God don't know what's going on in your life? You think something showed up in your life this morning and God didn't know about it, oh, my friend. Amen. It's there. God already knew. God already knew. God already knew. 28 said, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? He said, he said Did you not know this? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faint not. God don't need oxygen. I need oxygen right now. I need a mask to put on. I'm about wore out. God don't need oxygen. 
He's not weary. He don't faint. There's no searching in his understanding. But instead, he with power of the faith. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And that's me, I'm young. I feel like I'm about to faint. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord. Come on, James. Come on, Job. Don't faint. Just wait on the Lord. Come on, Job. Don't faint. God already knows. He already knew before this came your way. God already knew long before. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall not have the means as evil. They shall run. They shall be weary. They shall walk. And they shall not faint. Even if we will wait upon the Lord, God already knows what you're going through. My pastor said this while back. God don't need what he delivers you from to fix you. Too many times we take everything that's all broken, destroyed, and say, God, put it all back together. If God took it out of your life, it's quite possible you don't need it. God's working a new plan. God's got something brand new for you. Amen. The latter end of Job was more blessed than his beginning friend. Amen. God already knows what it takes to get you back to where you need to be. God already knows. Oh, I'm trying to hurry here. I'm trying to hurry. Hallelujah. Romans said this. Well, we know this scripture. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Verse 28, we know that. Man, we, we, we just jump up, down, shout, and all that stuff. Say all things. But keep reading. There's a total package we have to get. Some people will just get a verse and run with it. But verse 29 said that, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. So this all things working together, it's based on the foreknowledge of God, that God already knows what it takes to get you close to him. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. Then whom he called, then he also justified. Whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I don't care who's coming against you or what's coming against you. If God's for you, who can be against you? Because you see, regardless of what everything the enemy knows about you, God knows more. God knows your need. God knows the ending of this thing. He already knows. Hallelujah. He despaired not his own life, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's name? It is God that justified. Who is he to condemn it? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as is written for thy sake? We'll kill all the day long. We are counted sheep of the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, Principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what? Because God already knows. God already knows what it takes to get victory in our lives. He said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wearing, for he is faithful that promised. Just a few more scriptures. I was laying in bed early this morning. The Lord woke me up and said, I got three more scriptures for you. I said, okay. We've got a lot already, but there's three more. 2 Corinthians 12 and 8. For this thing I besought the Lord Christ that it might depart from me. You ever had something come in your life and you said, God, if you just move this, just deliver me from this. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. I'm not going to move it. There's going to be times we're going to face something in our life and God's not going to move it because it's not His plan to move it. It's His plan to take us through it. 
But he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for thy strength is made perfect in weakness. Somebody say weakness. Come on, we're at our weakest point. That's when he's the strongest. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In the middle of the thing that I think is going to tear me apart, that's when God's the strongest. That's when his power is going to show you. Next verse, 1 Peter 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Corinthians 10, there hath no temptation taken you but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Say that one more time. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. What God wants us to know uh, that if a trial comes your way, a temptation comes your way, and when you open that package and you find despair, you need to open the rest of the package because along with that trial, God has sent you away and deliverance. He sent you away to escape so that you can bear it. You can bear it. You can bear it. And I'm laying in my bed early this morning. I'm, these scriptures are going through my mind. And the first one says grace. And the second one says fire. And the third one says escape. And I said, oh my God. Amen. You're, you're providing grace as a fire escape for us. Oh, I'm just 
may not fix everything for you down here. God may not resolve every issue you've got about it. Oh, we gotta we gotta be okay with that because we gotta know the heart. Amen. It's okay. I may not get my full healing. I may not get everything I was on. Oh, but I know this. That if I can hang on to God, amen, there's an eternity coming. Oh, it's nothing great that it means. God already knows. And I close with this. It's a very non-spiritual reference. But the last two weeks, I guess they've had the Paralympics going on in Japan. They had the, the regular Olympics, all the folks that's perfect, you know, out there doing all those great things and the great. The last few weeks they've got the Paralympics. It's the same venues, it's the same swimming pools, it's the same tracks, it's the same facilities, everything's just the same. It's got the same cameras, the same speed cameras, everything's just the same. But see, right now you got folks there that's missing legs and arms and they're blind, deaf. They got folks running that are blind. I don't know if they're throwing them spears or not, but I, if blind folks are throwing them, I don't know. But, but they got blind folks running. They got blind folks swimming. They got folks that ain't got arms, ain't got legs. I saw the other day, there's a lady over there that ain't got no arms, and she won a gold medal in one of the swimming relays. I'm thinking, how in the world does that happen, Fred? I, I don't know, but, but I, I, I'm, I'm making that reference to make this point. Amen, the thing that they that they come on our life, amen, it might have been born that way, or some some tragic come on in, and they, 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 they find themselves being handicapped this way. Amen, what I found out, amen, they, they didn't know what was coming. They, they didn't prepare for it, but here it is. Amen, they accepted it, and they got up, and they figured out a way to go forward and be successful, friend. And what we've got to do is not sell in our trial, not sell and say, well, I guess this is who I am. I guess I'm just going to be able to find it. And there's a guy that lost it all. Well, the guy that can't do it right anymore, friend, oh, no, friend. Amen. Get up on your feet. Get up on whatever you got left from God and worship Him and praise Him and serve Him faithfully. God will bring you the dream. As you stand, we was watching that stuff the other day. And they got people that's blind on the track. And they got the same kind of shoes them folks had three or four weeks ago. And these folks are blind. They got this mask over their eyes. They, they can't see anything. But they got the shoes on. They got the number on and they qualified here. They're about to run. I think how in the name of common sense are these blind folks going to run? And then I saw somebody come over who had a vest on said guy. Because he, he went to that blind athlete and they slipped a, a two-ended knot, if you will, had a loop on this end and slipped it over their hand. And this guy went and slipped their hand in it. And they said, okay, get down, get down with me, brother. Blind, brother. They do all they do. They said, Mark said, go on the last time. And friend, when they, when they fired that gun, this blind brother had the energy. They had to know how they had the training, but they didn't know which way to go. And here's a Somebody here just, just said God. And they 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 submitted themselves to somebody, they harnessed themselves up to somebody they could see. And all of them folks went. It was the strangest thing. Here come this blind woman, got a mask on their face. They don't know where they're going. But they heard the gun fire and they got up and they started going. Amen with a God teaching where to go. There may be times where you can't see the way. And when you can't know which way to go, and you find a brother or a sister and you go to and say, I can't see it. I can't find a way. I need to help I can't see the God. 